Today is 4 September. It's Sunday. I'm Charlie Garrett, and this is the CG Prophecy Report. Biometric blockade. That and a lot of other things to go over on today's report. Okay, the uh, first thing that I had to tell you about is I noted that it's 4 September, and that means that we have, hopefully, this is Sarasota, Florida, remember that, but we have, hopefully, only six more weeks of summer. And I always, I always plan the 15th of October is when it's going to get the first cool. And uh, that doesn't always happen. The past couple of years, it has not happened. It's been November or even December, but uh, we're anticipating that. So we'll say uh, in great hopes that Six more weeks of uh, summer, and then after that, it's not as brutal in October, though, because the sun has moved far enough south, but it's still hot and muggy and uh, difficult until the, the warm finally breaks, but there you go with that. Let's see, before we uh, get into our first article, we got a few people visiting. We've got Brian and Monica. They uh, found us online, and they were searching for a church that is not tax-exempt, so that we can say things like, do not vote Democrat. And uh, so uh, they showed up today. It's uh, Brian and Monica Moore. And uh, I was thinking of uh, Roger Moore, James Bond, and he said, no, it's spelled differently. And so uh, uh, it's wonderful to have you guys here. Thank you for making the effort. And then we have, for the third time in our church, we've got Lothar visiting all the way from Germany. And uh, it's wonderful to have you here. Had him in the house for the past five days. And uh, did you have an okay time while you're here? Okay, good deal. And so we're very happy to have Lothar. A lot of you know him, and uh, uh, it's just a real pleasure to have him here again because uh, he was suffering from some real physical problems, and uh, we weren't sure. I personally was not sure, based on his emails to me, if he was I was ever going to see him in this world again. Uh, but here he is, praise the Lord. And then we got Trina, who's visiting. She just I looked up, and there she is, and uh, she's in the local area, but she's checking out the church today, so it's welcome to you as well. And uh, speaking about dying, okay, I thought I might lose Lothar before I ever saw him again, which I will see him again because he knows the Lord, but uh, yesterday we were in the projects as we always are. We go every Saturday to the projects, and uh, we got there, and somebody that I have been seeing every Saturday for 16 years, I will not see again. Okay, thank God she knows Jesus, so when I say I won't see her again, I mean in this earthly body. But uh, if you're watching this prophecy update and you aren't sure if you're right with the Lord or not, you need to get that right. And I'll say that right off the bat today is that uh, uh, there is no substitute for Jesus Christ in your life. There's no working to heaven. There's no other alternative path. God does not have a plan B. He has planned Jesus, and that is it. And so uh, I remind people from time to time that uh, if you're watching five or six or ten prophecy updates a week, you should drop those and you should start watching sermons. And uh, I would love to have you watch the Superior Word sermons. If you don't, I would hope that you would go to a church that asks you to read the Bible and know the Bible so that you are not being led astray in your theology by somebody that has an agenda, okay? And that permeates Christianity. And so I would ask you to, first and foremost, come to know the Lord Jesus. Our sister Bumpy did. She was older, and uh, she was a wonderful, wonderful person. She was so, she blessed us in so many ways, and so uh, I just can't wait until the day we're raised 
to glory and she'll be there with us, all of the saints. Uh, and I'll tell you this right now in case uh, you don't know this, is that the gospel message is very simple. Jesus died for your sins, implying you're a sinner. Jesus was buried, meaning he was really dead and he went into the grave with your sins and Jesus rose again. That means that death could not hold him, proving a couple things. One, that your sins are in the grave because he came out and if your sins clung to him, he never would have come out but also proving that he is God because all have sinned and all fall short of the glory of God. And therefore, he must be God. He is the God-man. And uh, if you will accept that premise, you will be saved. So please consider that today. And also, take time, the people around you, to love them and to send them a message or write them a letter or uh, go see them. Because uh, last week, I went to the projects. There were enough people. I had something to do, and I left. But before I left, I walked over to sit with Bumpy and say hi. And I'm glad I did that. It was, you know, a good memory instead of saying, oh, I'll see you next week. And you want to remember that we're all mortal. We don't know our end. Okay, we got some news from Israel here. From the Times of Israel, the U.S. hints to Gantz it's preparing military option against Iran, Israeli official says. Now, this is U.S., and that does not mean our administration, because our administration couldn't care if Iran ran all over Israel. But the military still has to build up plans, and so that's what's going on here. Defense Minister Gantz told Biden's national security advisor that Israel needs the U.S. to have a credible military option against Iran amid reports of an emerging renewed nuclear deal between the Islamic Republic and world powers. Israel received good hints with regard to the U.S. having a working offensive plan against Iran. He did not elaborate, but said that it would potentially ensure Tehran is more flexible during negotiations for the renewed accord. Well, that's not the case. We have waffled on every single principle in that in order to get this deal because Biden wants another feather in his hat before the elections. And so Iran is right now making demands and I'm sure that we'll cave and let them have them as well, because all he cares about is his agenda. I'm talking about Biden. That's all he cares about. He doesn't care about the people of this world. He certainly doesn't care about the people of this nation, as he proved this past week, and he doesn't care about Israel. So he's a man of no morals, and that's what we have to face in this nation, because people were not responsible and diligent in watching out the previous elections. So if not, the U.S. would be ready to act against Iran alongside Israel, which has also been preparing a military option. Gantz emphasized Israel's objection to the potential deal, which has been branded by Israel as very bad. The situation had reached a point where there are only two scenarios, no agreement allowing Iran to gradually expand its nuclear program further, or a bad deal that does not serve Israel's interests. Israel has two main concerns with regard to the potential deal. The so-called Sunset Clause, which will lift limitations on Iran's nuclear program when the accord expires, and sanctions relief that would allow Iran to increase funding to its proxies. Israel has attempted to influence the deal in certain aspects as much as possible, but as of now, it is far from serving Israel's interests as it sees it. The official said that Israel would still have its freedom to act against Iran, adding that whether an agreement is signed or not, Jerusalem would still continue its efforts against what it sees as a hostile Iran and its actions. And so there you go with that. Israel's not going to tolerate this. And 
that may be, I've said this before, there are several possibilities, but that may be the impetus for Gog Magog of Ezekiel 38 and 39. I don't know. Iran may be the key. It may be that the uh, gas and oil in Israel will uh, cause Russia to want to go down there and stop that so they have total control over things. Uh, just a day ago, Russia stopped the uh, gas completely to Germany. And so here we are facing that. And uh, none of this would have happened if people simply listened to Donald Trump three years ago when he stood up in front of them and said that. And all the Germans, no offense, uh, two Germans next to each other in church today, they're going to start throwing tomatoes from that side. Uh, they were laughing at him openly. And uh, he told them this is coming. And here it is. Okay, from the Times of Israel. Lapid attends event for, here it is, LGBTQ group. Most of the public is with us. Okay, you want to know why Israel's going through the uh, tribulation period? It's because, one, they rejected Jesus, and two, they still have not accepted Jesus. Instead, they're following the world. They are under Deuteronomy 38 to this day, and uh, I'm uh, Deuteronomy 28, excuse me, and uh, they are going to have to go through the tribulation period. And it says in Zechariah that two-thirds of them are going to be exterminated because of exactly what's going on in Israel right now. Prime Minister Lapid addressed an LGBTQ LMNOP gathering in what he said was the first appearance by a sitting premier at an official event held by the gay community. He's proud of this. Every person has the basic right to be a parent and start a family, meaning that you don't have to be a father and a mother in his lingo in order to have a family. He said at the event in Tel Aviv, to mark 20 years since the founding of Israel Gay Youth, which serves LGBTQ youth in Israel. The group noted that Lapid's visit was a first for a serving prime minister and that it marked an important milestone. The Israeli government will stand against any display of violence or hatred against the LGBT community. Lapid added, no one has a mandate over your body and definitely not over your feelings. The Prime Minister argued a large swath of Israelis support same-sex marriage, which is illegal in Israel, citing a 2019 poll saying 78% believe gay marriage and civil unions should be legal. If most of the public is with us, why did all our bills on the matters fall or get stuck? Why am I the first Prime Minister to arrive at an event for the gay community? Lapid asked rhetorically, accusing other politicians of being scared of backing changes. Okay, well, it's very sad what's going on in Israel, but this is the path that they've chosen, and it's the path that the uh, current administration has chosen, and uh, it's only going to bring sorrow on this nation and on this world. I hate to tell you. Anyway, we got some news from Christianity today, and I got a very short email from Tony. I got an email a week or two ago from John, and then Tony, they're, uh, I think, cousins. They might be brothers, they told me, and I don't think it says here, and I apologize, Tony and John. Um, they're in Australia. And uh, here's what Tony said. I was one of those Prophecy Update watchers that I always talk about. You're watching Prophecy Updates. You're watching Prophecy Updates. You're not being edified. All you're doing is getting your ears tangled, and a week later, the news has changed, and you're just spending a lot of time watching these. He said, I was one of those Prophecy Update watchers till I took up your advice on your sermons around two years ago. This is only two years ago. Now listen to this. I have since binged on every sermon, and when I caught up on those, I began to binge the Bible study, which I will catch up to today, which was just a couple days ago. He's watched thousands, 
thousands of videos of theology instead of watching Prophecy Updates. I know I don't have to explain what this has done to my life. Give my love to the congregation. God bless you, your lovely wife, Hitiko, and all who support you. And so that really touched me. Uh, his uh, brother or cousin, I'm sorry, guys, I don't remember off the top of my head. John sent me a similar email. They've watched all of these things together. Wow. They have put Christ first in their life. And so there you go. I'm very happy to have that. Now, I got one more thing before I give you our first article. A lot of people that attend online, including with the Prophecy Update, have uh, helped Isaac Nemugera in Uganda. He's our indigenous missionary there. And Isaac has come forward to ask for something additional to the ministry because it will be a benefit to the ministry. Okay, he's a very tireless guy. He works very hard, but he's asking for something personally as well. Okay, I would not want anybody to give less if you do give to the ministry, but if you can give more to this cause, it will be a great blessing. Okay, he bought his own piece of land many years ago, and he's decided that he wants to build his own house finally. He's built houses for people. He's built schools for the community. He, he is tireless, and now he would like to have a house where he can accommodate people to come visit him as well. The building to rooftop is $1,900. Roofing, $3,400. Shuttering, $4,000. Plastering and floor plus painting, $5,000. And electricity and wiring plus water plumbing is $722. So for $15,022, Isaac could have a house. And that would be large enough, like I said, to accommodate people to stay with him. And uh, he said all costs include labor. That's it. That's all he needs is $15,000. So as you give to Isaac in that ministry, I would ask that you would give a little extra and specify that. Because if you don't specify it, he's going to give it to the ministry. Make sure that they know I'm giving $100 this month to help with the house, or I'm going to give $12,000 to get help with the house. Whatever you decide, please do that. Wonderful guy, tireless worker, lover of the Lord. He hands out Bibles like he hands out candy. So uh, thank goodness for Isaac. Okay. From Breitbart. And today's uh, report's going to be a little bit shorter because the sermon is going to be a little bit longer, okay? So I've cut out uh, the normal length of it, so if we get done a little early, that's why. Um, Breitbart, Vatican chief praises Italy's law legalizing abortion as a pillar of society. This is a Vatican chief saying that abortion is a pillar of society. The president of the Pontifical Academy for Life called Israel's notorious law 194 legalizing abortion a pillar of society. Now, he's the Pontifical Academy for Life, and yet he's condoning death. Explain that one to me, insisting that no one is looking to overturn it. Archbishop Vincenzo Paglia lauded the 1978 law allowing abortion in Italy, a move that critics called a new ground zero of morality. I believe that at this point, the law 194 is a pillar of our social life. In my opinion, and I have written as much, I would like to see more emphasis on the part that is hardly spoken of, namely the right to motherhood to see our country grow in the face of the drama of a generational imbalance that is quite dramatic. I would exhort to look with trust upon a country that wishes to live in liberty, in development and in progress. And I think that the crisis in natality is a problem on which we have unfortunately not reflected and it is already late. So he's saying one thing, and he's saying another thing, because the only way that you can grow your population is by having children, not killing them. 
Everybody got that? I mean, there's like a disconnect in this guy's brain. But there you go. That's what's going on in the Vatican. Breitbart. Axios criticizes Catholic Church. Now, I understand the Catholic Church. I'm not a fan of them and their practices. But think of this. Uh, for alienating drug dealers and gays. Okay? The far-left conspiracy theorists and serial liars at Axios are now attacking the Catholic Church for alienating idol worshipers. The headline says, more alienated Latinos are turning to unofficial saints. Some Latinos who feel alienated by Christian traditions, which should never be a part of your Christian life. This, that should be your Christian life, not traditions, okay? You start adding in traditions and the next thing you know, you're going down the wrong path. But um, Christian traditions are turning to saints not sanctioned by the struggling Catholic Church for spiritual guidance around love, crime, and money. So they have saints dedicated to these things, reports Axios with a straight face. Then it gets even more ridiculous. Catholic canonization of saints often takes years of thorough reviews of miracles performed and of the figure's contributions. Believers say unsanctioned saints offer divine assistance to steal gas, move a drug shipment, cross a border, or bless an LGBTQ plus romance. Some folks have become disenchanted with organized religion. Other folks who might be LGBTQ plus are alienated by both Protestant and Catholic church positions on gay marriage. That's because they don't want to hear about the Bible, okay? Those that do hold to that, I should say. Anyway, gay marriage. These saints offer an alternative. A forthcoming book, Undocumented Saints, The Politics of Migrating Devotions, argues that racism, violence, and poverty gave rise to the saints. Of course, the church alienates people looking to have their sins and crimes blessed and justified. There's a place for everyone in the Catholic Church, including sinners, and there's a saint for everyone in every cause. Well, I'd agree that there should be a place in every church for sinners, but not condoning it, not promoting it, not exalting it. From Just the News, unvaxxed Coast Guard cadets given 24 hours to leave campus. This is what's going on. It's a total persecution of Christianity in our U.S. military. Complete and total. Coast Guard Academy cadets who have refused the COVID-19 vaccine on religious grounds were ordered to vacate the campus within 24 hours of receiving notification that their cases had undergone final military adjudication after their religious accommodation requests for exemptions were denied in May. The steps taken by the CGA are clear religious discrimination against Christians and reflect a total disdain for the faith and constitutional rights of cadets. The actions of the Coast Guard continue to have a devastating impact on morale and military readiness. Worse, these actions appear to be based on a lack of moral courage among the leaders of the Coast Guard. And I've said that about all of the branches of the military. There's no more courage in our leaders. The only one, the only one that really stood up and said, I'm not going to tolerate this was that Lieutenant Colonel that said, I don't care about my retirement from the U.S. Marines. What I care about is that this is wrong. And they kicked him out, of course. So there you go. But I don't know anybody else that's been vocal and said, I'm willing to put my career on hold to stand against the wickedness and tyranny that's going on in the White House. So, um, there is simply no medical or scientific justification for treating young men and women who have worked so hard to earn a commission like pariahs because of the new CDC guidance. 
New CDC guidance says you don't need to get your vaccines. You don't need to put on masks. You don't need to do any of the stupid things we told you to do two years ago. And yet Biden is still pushing this on the leaders of the military and they're not fighting back and our military is being decimated by these people and now the Coast Guard as well. There you go. Some news from the Mideast and Africa today from the Times of Israel. Iran's Raisi threatens Israel, says no return to nuke deal if IAEA probe continues. So they're threatening this deal to get their upper hand, and guess what? I'm sure they're going to get away with it. Iran's president warned that any roadmap to restore Tehran's tattered nuclear deal with world powers must see international inspectors and their probe of man-made uranium particles found at undeclared sites in the country. We've got sites we didn't declare. We've got man-made uranium that has been detected there. And if you continue this probe, we're not going to agree to the deal. Where's the sense in that? From the Aljamainer. Iranian curriculum preparing students for war with Israel, new study says. The Iranian regime's educational system radicalizes students for a global and revolutionary war as early as the first grade, according to a report by Israeli education watchdog Impact Say. The group released Iran's radical education its first assessment of Iranian school curriculum since 2016. It found that students are taught to glorify the regime's nuclear aspirations, child martyrdom, and efforts to destroy Israel. Textbooks analyzed by Impact Say also uncovered content stressing the importance of achieving Iranian hegemony in the Arab Mideast and arguing that the U.S.-Israel relationship is the only obstacle to that goal. Other material features classic anti-Semitic tropes. In several textbooks, Jews are said to control the media, and the group said Zionism is described as an evil organization of wealthy Jewish capitalists manipulating the U.S. and other countries for malicious gain. So that's what they're teaching their young children in Iran. And as we saw a couple weeks ago, they have Iranians in America, in Texas, that are doing the same thing with students here in America. And the U.S. is not worried about them promoting terrorism in the United States. They're worrying about you if you have a child in school that you're upset that they're being taught LGBT issues or critical race theory or Black Lives Matter. That's what they're worried about in the U.S. government, not people wanting to blow us up from inside. From Breitbart, Taliban shows off pride of its military, the Martyrdom Brigade Suicide Bombers. That's their pride in their militaries, the Martyrdom Brigade Suicide Bombers. So they're exploding people to explode more people, and they're proud of that. Justice.gov. New Mexico man indicted for attempting to provide material support to ISIS. A New Mexico man was arrested for allegedly attempting to provide material support to a designated foreign terrorist organization, ISIS, and attempting to obstruct influence and impede at least one official proceeding. A federal grand jury indicted Herman Levon Wilson, a.k.a. Bilal Moumin Abdullah of Albuquerque. Okay, well, he was caught before Biden or they wouldn't be doing this at all. From Breitbart. Pakistani immigrant pleads guilty to plotting ISIS terrorist attack on New York City Dunkin' Donuts. Stay out of Dunkin' Donuts in New York. Pakistani immigrant given naturalized American citizenship pleaded guilty this week to plotting a terrorist attack for ISIS in Queens, 
New York City. Pakistani-born Awais Chudari, 22 years old, pled guilty in federal court to providing material support to ISIS. The next day, Biden appointed him to his National Security Council. <laughs> I added that last one, just in case you don't know that. Now something interesting from Mongolia, from Yahoo. Mongolian National Film Council to welcome Warner Brothers, HBO, Discovery, Netflix to Mongolia in September. This is to learn about the country's film industry benefits and visit historic Mongolian venues. Thus far, five high-level production managers and executives are confirmed to attend with additional studios and participants to be announced in the coming weeks. The MNFC was established to manage film production incentives, reimbursement, and other legislative measures to support the growth of Mongolia's film industry. Okay, from time to time, people will email me and they'll ask, why do you highlight Mongolia every week, right? And the answer is, there's no reason at all. It's a guy in the UK, years ago, I hear from him every day still, he said, you know, you need to uh, expand your viewership. And he said, you need to pick the least accessible country on the planet, and you need to do an article every week on it. And so we've done that now for, what, 10 years? And so that is Lee. He told me to do that. And that's why we say every week from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia. And that's why we do it. It has nothing to do with prophecy, just so you can keep abreast of Mongolia. Okay, Daniel prophesied that technology would increase in the end times. What's up with that? From CBN, biometric blockade. Political critics could have bank accounts frozen as governments trend toward total control. Okay, you already know this, but it's a good article just to refresh yourself on it. Pakistan's interior minister is warning that outspoken critics of the current government could find their biometric identity cards blocked, leaving them without access to their bank accounts. Now, listen to what he said again. Warning that outspoken critics of the current government they're not doing anything wrong. They're just critics of the government. Think of what's going on in America right now. This is why we do not want digital IDs passed in this nation, okay? Interior Minister Khan. Sounds like um, Star Trek episode Khan. Okay. Interior Minister Khan also claimed that hecklers who bother government officials could have their passports blocked and even be arrested by the Federal Investigation Agency using Pakistan's national ID system. His threat is aimed at supporters of former Prime Minister Khan and his PTI party. And it came after some of those supporters harassed a member of the new government who was eating at a restaurant. The new government has charged Khan with crimes, so his supporters are now under extra scrutiny. Pakistani, once again, think of America. They've charged somebody that has not done anything with crimes, and so everybody that supported him is now the enemy, okay? Pakistani media outlets report that citizens are now being encouraged to turn in other citizens, recording videos of them and sending them to the government. Think of the Stasi in East Berlin. You report, we'll move you up a couple points in your monthly allowance or something, right? All those kind of things they were doing and that they tried to do a couple months ago with the disinformation board, which is just another heartbeat away before it's reintroduced under another name. The interior minister in a statement has appealed to the masses to report to the FIA cyber crime wing if they face any intimidation at public places from followers of the chairman PTI Khan. Now think of this. We've had Steve Bannon and Marjorie Green or whatever her name is, Taylor, uh, yeah. twice, both of them in the past month and a half have been swatted. Okay. It's not 
the right that's doing this. It's the left, but the left is in control and they will turn these things around and they'll say, this is what we need here. So we need to be observant to what's going on in the rest of the world. With the political situation in Pakistan deteriorating, the agency charged with getting people to register for the biometric national ID, the CNIC continues working with all political parties. The National Database and Registration Authority maintains all electoral rolls in the country. If a citizen's CNIC gets blocked by the government, they could then be blocked from daily activities like carrying out bank transactions, selling vehicles, and acquiring cell phone SIM cards. Tyrannical government control over people's freedom and finances has also been developing at an unprecedented level in several other countries, including communist China. And there are concerns about the EU and the U.S. falling in line with the idea of digital identity monitoring as well. China's move toward a cashless society with a digital currency mirrors how the entire world is literally being set up for heightened levels of government control. While the world fixates on private cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin, Beijing is busy building a digital version of its own currency, the yuan, also known as the renminbi, to control its citizens and eventually threaten the dominance of the U.S. dollar. They've pretty much created all of the building blocks that will allow a central bank digital currency to flourish. And it gives Beijing the power to track its citizens' spending in real time. There will be a point where the People's Bank of China, the central bank of their country, is going to be able to look, peer inside of every single transaction, what everyone does, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. This means if you are a human rights activist or a Christian, authorities can use this new technology to punish you if you engage in activities they consider to be anti-communist. Eventually, the U.S. and other foreign companies doing business in China will be required to use the government's new digital currency payment system. So even if you go to China, you'll be stuck doing this, and they'll be able to track you as well. It's a dangerous world, including the inevitable plagues the Book of Revelation prophesies of. So let's see what's going on there. From Breitbart. Bombshell emails reveal Biden's DHS still knowingly releasing COVID-positive border crossers into the U.S. Now, they've been doing this all along, but they are testing people like they weren't in the past. And when they find they have COVID, they still let them in. They still let them in. From NTD, White House disputes comparison of unvaccinated illegal migrants and tennis player Novak Djokovic. I know I didn't say that right, but whatever. Um, here we have the White House saying that 4.9 million people coming across the southern border that have COVID or unvaccinated is different than one guy that wants to play in the U.S. Open, and he can't. The blaze. FDA to authorize new COVID booster shots for Omicron before trials on humans will instead rely on testing on mice. Defense.gov. Novavax, COVID-19 vaccinations now available for service members. The DOD is now offering Novavax as an option for COVID-19 vaccines. On August 19th, the FDA updated their, here it is, EUA for the Novavax COVID-19 vaccine to include individuals 12 years of age and older. In other words, they didn't approve anything. It's still emergency use authorization. And if you get sick or if you're damaged by Novavax, there is no liability against the company. Zero. From Rare. 
Gates funded factory. This sounds like a great idea. He's been releasing these things in uh, what do you call it? Uh, the keys and in California. Well, they're doing it worldwide. Gates funded factory breeds 30 million mosquitoes a week for release in 11 countries. Inside a two-story brick building in Medellin, Colombia, scientists work in muggy labs breeding 30 million genetically modified mosquitoes weekly in labs. They tend to the insects every need as they grow from larvae to pupae to adults, keeping the temperature just right and feeding them generous helpings of fish meal, sugar, and of course, blood. They're then released into the wild in 11 countries. Gates, who is funding the project, assures us it's not a scene from a horror movie. The mosquitoes are released in Colombia, Brazil, Mexico, Indonesia, Sri Lanka, Vietnam, Australia, Fiji, Kiribati, New Caledonia, and Vanuatu. Gates plans to breed hundreds of millions of Wolbachai mosquitoes. Did Gates and his researchers consider all the variables that are likely to occur with a program where a new vector of spreading a bacteria by an insect that bites humans and other animals and in the process injects that bacteria into them? Where is the one, two, five, and ten-year report on the safety of such a program from a controlled environment? What could possibly go wrong. Morality is declining. Here's some news on that. I don't know if you heard this, but uh, it was about a week ago and I thought I'm going to include it because I love our governor. I just think the guy is wonderful. And he took just the most wonderful action about a week ago. NBC. In 1947, Florida shut down a popular drag club. The state has resurrected that case to do it again. They have precedent on file. They went back to 1947 and found the precedent, and so they're going to do it again. Last month, Governor Ron DeSantis filed a complaint against our house, citing a 1947 state Supreme Court decision that shut down a popular female impersonator club. The state Supreme Court passed it. It is law in Florida. We're going to do it again. Good guy from the Washington Times. Federal court rules against HHS for religious docs in challenge to transgender care mandate. A federal appeals court blocked, good, Biden's HHS mandate that would have forced religious doctors and hospitals to perform transgender procedures, including on children. Okay, you got a Catholic hospital and they want to treat people and they say, you must do this. Blocked. In a unanimous ruling from the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals, the three-judge panel said the lower court was right to issue a permanent injunction that protects a health care network of nearly 20,000 religious doctors and medical providers from performing abortions and transgender care. Good. From the Washington Times, federal court blocks Biden's attempt to force ER doctors in Texas to perform abortions. Zero hedge. German, we talked about this last week. Now the Germans are all over it. German bestiality buffs demand legalization of sex with, you got it, from PNW. Canada. Now, I remember when this came out. It wasn't that long ago when we brought this up. Canada decided to do what Belgium was doing and start euthanizing people, right? And so here's what they did. They said, we're going to pass this law so that people can be euthanized. And it's going to be just like Roe versus Wade was, only in the most extreme circumstances. One kid out of 10 billion will get aborted. And now we have millions and millions and millions being aborted every week. Well, Canada said, 
we're going to have euthanasia. We're going to make it legal, but it's only going to be in extreme cases. Here we go. Just a couple years later, many leftists tout Canada's socialized health care system as something America should emulate, claiming government-run health care is more humane. But it seems Canadian officials are more interested in urging doctors to help patients to kill themselves than to treat them. Canada's medical assistance and dying laws allow almost anyone who can claim some form of hardship or disability to receive physician-assisted suicide, regardless of how minor those disabilities might be. In a recently reported horror story from the AP, Alan Nichols, 61 years old, was successfully killed after a quick one-month waiting period as he was suffering from hearing loss. Nichols was an otherwise decent, healthy guy, but his brother claimed he was railroaded into killing himself. Nichols' family said that hospital staff helped him to request euthanasia and pushed him to do it, a story that has been repeated many times by other disabled or sick Canadians. Socialized medicine, we have to pay your bills. We don't want to pay your bills because our hospital is at the end of its annual budget or whatever, so we're just going to push euthanasia to whoever we can sucker into this. Roger Foley, whose story was also reported by the AP, became so unnerved by his hospital's health care providers discussing euthanasia as an option that he started to record conversations. Foley has a degenerative brain disorder. During one conversation, the hospital's director of ethics tried to guilt Foley into thinking about the cost of his hospital stay. The doctor told Foley it would cost north of $1,500 a day. When Foley asked what long-term treatments were, the director responded, Roger, this is not my show. My piece of this was to talk to you to see if you had an interest in assisted dying. Foley says he had never discussed ending his own life prior to the encounter. They brought it up and they were pushing it on him. The fact that the ethics director mentioned how much it cost is essential to understanding why Canadian officials seem so hell-bent on getting people to kill themselves. Only the most extreme of circumstances. Some other news from around the world. From Breitbart. German chance. I've been bringing up the Germans a lot today. Sorry about that. German <laughs> chancellor demands bigger EU. He wants a bigger EU, less national sovereignty for members. I know people disagree with me on this, and that's fine. You can be wrong if you want. But Hal Lindsey was correct when he said that the Antichrist would come out of the revived Roman Empire. The EU, that general thing, okay? Now, eventually, it is going to match what Revelation says. And when it does, it will be, as it says in Daniel 9, uh, the prince of the people to come, okay? Meaning the Romans who came and destroyed the temple in AD 70. The Antichrist will be a Roman. I know you can disagree with that, and that's fine, but that's what the Bible teaches. This guy is going to get this ball more rolling than it has been. Olaf Schultz, called for a growing EU to agree on a series of changes that would help it overcome internal divisions and stand up to external rivals such as Russia and China. In a wide-ranging speech at Charles University in Prague, Schultz said the EU must make itself fit for future enlargement from 27 to 30 or even 36 nations. That may be the case, but eventually it's going to be controlled by the 10-7 or 7-10 scenario of Revelation. Nations by taking more decisions by majority vote 
rather than requiring unanimity on all issues that has in the past allowed individual member states to veto key decisions. So now they just want what the Congress has been trying to do here in America and what they've been trying to force on the Supreme Court is just change the laws to get your way and then go ahead with it. We have to remember that swearing allegiance to the principle of unanimity only works for as long as the pressure to act is low, Schultz said, arguing that Russia's invasion of Ukraine was a wake-up call for the EU to change the way it takes decisions. Schultz suggested allowing majority decisions on pressing issues such as sanctions or human rights policy with those unwilling to explicitly back a vote having the option to abstain without blocking unanimity. The German leader also backed calls to reconsider the composition of the European Parliament, which currently has 751 deputies, to prevent it becoming bloated through future expansion. A similar reform of the way each member state is represented in the bloc's executive commission could see commissioners share responsibility in certain areas, he said. So it's all leading to that point in the EU. Now, they're not going to have to worry about Russia because Russia is eventually going to get wiped out in Gog Magog. And then this great alliance of European nations is going to be the center of the focus. And that's what's coming. Okay, trust me on this. From Breitbart, Russia burning off $10 million in gas a day that would have been sent to Europe. Residents of Finland began reporting a huge jet of flame from across the Russian border last month. This has been going on for a whole month. Satellite images detected a massive heat bloom that turned out to be a Russian LNG plant burning off millions of cubic meters of gas that were supposed to be sold to European customers. The Russians are burning 4.34 million cubic meters of gas, about 10 million worth every day, destroying enough fuel to supply 1.5 million European homes. I'll stop right there. Lothar's been telling me about what's going on in Germany. Don't send a space heater to the people in Germany, okay? Don't do that because they don't want you running a electric space heater. But they told you that you can now burn wood, okay? And you got people that are living in condominiums that can't burn wood, okay? But secondly, unless you live in the country, there is no wood available, okay? So... They're telling people, we don't have any gas for you for the winter, don't use a space heater, and you can burn wood. The burning is taking place at an LNG plant in the Russian town of Portovaya. Did I get that right? Portovaya. That was kind of Spanish. Whatever. Okay. My Russian friend is being quiet. Located northwest of St. Petersburg. Did I get that right? I don't know. Okay. Near the Finnish border. The plant is located near a compressor station for the Nord Stream 1 undersea pipeline that leads to Germany. Russia cut the flow of gas through Nord Stream 1 down to 20% of its nominal capacity in late July, and now they've completely shut it off, completing a series of escalating restrictions that were supposedly necessitated by technical problems with a compressor turbine. Should listen to Trump. Breitbart, sanctions war. French and German electricity prices up by 1,000% over 2021. Mail online. France warns it may have to ration energy this winter. France has 56 nuclear reactors. 32 of them are offline. Newsmax. Pentagon worried Ukraine aid might deplete U.S. ammunitions. 
Does anybody not see that this is the plan all along? All along, this has been the plan, okay? They're depleting our military supply. They're not refilling it. They've depleted the strategic oil reserves to a level that has not been seen since, I think it's 70 years now. It might be 40. It's been a long time. And if we need it for the military, we will not have it. This is an intentional act by the guy in the White House to destroy the United States, both from within and from without. American ammo stocks are running low for Ukraine in its war effort against Russia, and the DOD has been slow to replenish international and domestic supplies. Consequently, some American officials are concerned the U.S. military's readiness could be exposed. He just proposed yesterday, like either 12 or 48 billion, I can't remember which, to the Ukraine. He keeps doing this. He's given the Ukraine more than we spent in World War II. From Bloomberg, I just said that off the top of my head. That may not be true, but I was making a superlative. He spent tons of money. And guess what? They don't know a report I did, what, one or two weeks ago? They only know where 30% of the stuff we sent there is gone. The rest of it is all being taken up by these oligarchs. They're just profiting off it. And guess who's profiting off of them? The guy in the White House. Bloomberg. Solomon Islands suspends U.S. naval visits as tensions rise. Now, remember, Guadalcanal is a part of the Solomon Islands. We lost a lot of people there, and we've been a friendly presence there for years. That's all over now. The U.S. government was notified by the Solomons of a moratorium on all naval visits, pending updates and protocol procedures. The confirmation comes after a U.S. Coast Guard cutter received no response from Solomon's authorities when it requested permission to stop and refuel at the Pacific Nation on August 23rd. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby said the visit by the cutter was a routine call and the vessel ended up diverting to PNG, Papua New Guinea, instead. The government was disappointed in this decision, but expected that future clearances would be provided to U.S. ships. Solomon Islands Prime Minister Sogavare said the U.S. Coast Guard vessel had received permission to dock, but by the time it had been relayed to the ship, it had already left the country's waters. They just ignored him until they couldn't ignore him anymore, and then they left, and they said, okay, you can come. So Gavare said the government had put the moratorium on visiting naval vessels from all partner countries until the approval process had been revised and updated. So Gavare said in the statement, there had been an unfortunate experience in the past with foreign military vessels entering the Pacific nation's waters without permission. Never been a problem until we sold all of our Asian interests to China. We didn't. The guy in the White House did. From the Hill, DOJ grants nearly $50 million for assault survivor legal services. Now, that sounds like a great thing. But what do you do? You import 4.9 million people over the southern border. Many of them are rapists and murderers. We know this. They've caught them and they've just released them in America. And then they allocate money to take care of the people that were raped and murdered by those people. Breitbart. Millions unable to pay for groceries after SNAP EBT outage systems later restored. Okay, imagine what it's going to be like when it goes down for a week and then 10 days and then two weeks. These people are going to riot. It is going to, I'm sure they tested the system. What's going to happen if we do this to these people? I mean, this was just a very short time and people were unable to pay for their groceries. They're lined up at stores. This is 
This could cause everything to go south in minutes in this nation. From Tennessee Star, Missouri School District brings back spanking as a punishment. Yes. Good job. <laughs> Mr. Brookbank in sixth grade had a paddle. I think, yeah, like that one. He drilled holes in it. He said, I get better wind resistance. And he did. You had a multicolored fanny if you violated the law of Mr. Brookbank. Okay, who said it? If a person doesn't think there is a God to be accountable to, then what's the point of trying to modify your behavior to keep it within acceptable ranges? Who said that? Every one of you is going to gasp. Jeffrey Dahmer. After he finally met the Lord. Yeah, in prison he met the Lord and then he was beaten to death. If you don't know who Jeffrey Dahmer is, he was a cannibal. He ate people. If a person doesn't think there is a God to be accountable to, then what's the point of trying to modify your behavior to keep it within acceptable ranges? That's a guy that finally thought through life. We're accountable to a holy God. And our government doesn't want you to be. Okay, I got a lesser cure for you. Let's see if you can figure out what he's talking about. Show me parents approve of the rod being used on their young loved one's bod. It's tender and mild to drive out the wild in the way that's been prescribed by God. Okay, I got a bit of irony and we'll be done from the Republic Brief. Okay, DOJ redacts reasons for redacting info in Mar-a-Lago raid affidavit. So they redacted the reason why they're redacting everything else. Mail online. Okay, I know death is sad. I say this every time I give one of these, but this is ironic. Buddhist priest is killed when funeral pyre explodes during cremation in Cambodia. Okay, there you go. Such is the world in which we live. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia. I'm Charlie Garrett, and that is your CG Prophecy Report for the week.